Hello and welcome. Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. I'm your host, Steve Prusak. It's great to be with you. And on today's show, we have an interview with Charlotte Gerson, daughter of Dr. Max Gerson. We're going to hear all about Gerson therapy, the Gerson way with Charlotte Gerson, legendary in her 90s, spreading the message of health, juicing, and more on this edition of Juice Guru Radio, coming up right after this. Want to be, be part of a weekly juice break to get your body looking hot in no time? Join your host, Steve Prusak, for Juice Time Tuesdays absolutely free with your purchase of the best-selling book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting. Find out more at JuiceTimeTuesdays.com. Juice Guru Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So we're really excited to have Charlotte Gerson. Now, when Charlotte Gerson was 12 years old, she was healed of tuberculosis by her father, Dr. Max Gerson. And it's important to note at that time, tuberculosis was considered a death sentence. And now at 89, she has the longest survival record of anyone who has been treated by the Gerson therapy. She is also the world's leading authority on its theory, background, and practice. She's the youngest of Dr. Max Gerson's three daughters and began in her teens serving as her father's assistant, studying with him, and working in his practice. And Charlotte Gerson is the author of four books, including Healing the Gerson Way, Defeating Cancer and Other Chronic Diseases. She's been featured in four documentaries, and at 89 is a true reflection of her father's medical philosophy. She's in robust good health and continues to work full-time in her practice. In Healing the Gerson Way, she describes the method she has used successfully for six decades to help thousands of people recover from cancer, hepatitis, heart disease, and other so-called incurable illnesses. You're not going to want to miss this presentation right now by Charlotte Gerson. Charlotte, welcome to the call. Thank you very much, Steve. I really appreciate being here and being able to uh, address, maybe help uh, your audience of people who need uh, information and who are looking for it. Perfect. Thank you. And we're so excited to have you. So we talked a little about your background, but maybe you can expand on it and tell us a little more about Gerson therapy. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, First of all, I'd like to stress that none of the basic ideas that we work with, none of the therapy that we work with uh, was originated by me. It's all originated by my father, Dr. Max Gerson, who started uh, to work uh, with nutrition and health and healing on himself. It was very interesting. He actually had uh, a, a migraine headaches uh, inherited from his mother, who had a similar problem. However, he had it earlier and younger. When he was in his residency after internship, after his medical studies, uh, he he was seriously ill to the point that sometimes he was uh, in a darkened room, lying down in bed, vomiting miserable uh, for days, uh, every uh, two or three days a week, uh, to the point where he was very seriously despairing of living. Mm -hmm. And uh, he asked his doctors, his teachers, his professors, and they said, well, no, you just look it up in the books and you'll see that it's incurable. You'll feel better when you're 55. 
but I'm 25. I can't live like this, he said, <laughs> and decided to find his own treatment and cure. Mm-hmm. And that set him up on a lengthy search for what to do. He uh, visited many doctors, professors, universities. He subscribed to many journals and and uh, papers, uh, original material that was written. He even uh, ordered foreign ones and had them translated. So one day, after many, many months, actually some years of searching, he found one paper where a woman was apparently describing in a, in a little hardly known Italian medical journal that uh, when she changed her diet, she was better from her migraines. Diet? Mm-hmm. Now, please remember, this was way back in the first decade of the 20th century, about 1906, 07, 08, about that time. And nobody had ever discussed anything about diet. Diet was something that the cook was worried about in the kitchen. This was not for a doctor. But when he read this article and that the woman had gotten some relief, that's the first uh, ray of light he had had. So he decided he might as well try that. And he did. But he didn't know what she was doing. So he tried this, that, and the other thing. He finally figured that any baby can digest milk. Milk should be perfectly safe. So he tried to live on nothing but milk for a week or so, and he was just as sick as ever. So that wasn't it. Then he went on, and I don't want to tread on any religious toes here, but he went on to see what our physiological ancestors were living on, and they lived on vegetarian foods and fruits and uh, herbs and greens and roots and uh, uh, vegetables and this sort of thing. So that's what he decided to do, one item after another. And little by little, in fact, he found what he could eat, and if something didn't agree with him, he could have a migraine in 20 minutes, very quickly. So he established, after not too long a time, after trying this, he established what he called his migraine diet. And he never had any thought that it might be of any value in any other situation. So he, some not terribly much longer after he was married and settled in a, a town in northwest Germany, in Westphalia, he uh, settled, and uh, he had, in the meantime, worked during World War One with one of the top-notch um, biochemical uh, professors, teachers, but he was a neurologist, the most famous neurologist of Europe, by the name of Otfri Furster. And so he, being uh, a... Uh, having been the student of Furster, settled in his own practice and called himself as a specialist in internal and nerve diseases. So uh, some migraine patients came to him and he told them, look, frankly, there is no cure and all the books say so, but I had migraines and this is what I'm doing, so why don't you try it? And invariably, those patients would come back and send others who had migraine. And he found out that uh, they they all did very well unless they cheated on their diet. 
So as long as they were eating fresh fruits and fresh vegetables and fresh cooked materials and of all important things, the most important thing was stop eating salt. The salt is a serious damaging substance to the human body. So when they were adhering to this therapy, they did well until one patient came to him with migraine headaches and Dr. Gerson gave him the usual migraine diet and the patient came back three or four weeks later and said, look, Dr. Gerson, my migraines are gone, but I also had skin tuberculosis. That's called lupus vulgaris. And this skin tuberculosis uh, is also healed. So Dr. Gerson says, no, no, no. That's an incurable disease. It must have been something else. No, the patient pulled the laboratory report that sure enough in this lesion they found tuberculosis bacilli. You know, it's a germ disease. So Dr. Gerson couldn't understand the contact. How, how would it connect? What did tuberculosis have to do with migraine headaches? But he was amazed and he said, look, Skin tuberculosis is an external disease, and I'm specializing in internal and nerve disease. Do you know others who have this problem? Oh, yes, he said. Uh, I have uh, friends in the hospital, and they all have the same problem. So my father said, look, please send me some. I'll treat them free of charge. I just want to know if this works for skin tuberculosis, possibly even without migraine. He didn't understand. He was never taught anything like that. So, sure enough, other patients came without migraine, and the skin tuberculosis healed with a migraine diet. And that was something, a whole new idea for him. And he started to treat other patients until, actually, his uh, his colleagues uh, sued him because he said he was internal and nerve diseases and he was treating skin disease and that was illegal and immoral and everything else. You know, they were annoyed and angry that here somebody was healing something they didn't know what to do with. Anyway, uh, the judge in those days, and remember this was before World War One, in those days the judge said, well, you know, he asked the other doctors, hey, can you heal this disease? And, well, no, it's incurable. And he asked several of the other accusers and doctors, can you cure it? And the answer was always no. So the judge said, well, why don't you let this guy do it? <laughs> and that's how Dr. Gerson got across that barrier. And then he, uh, the top-notch tuberculosis specialist in Munich heard about this, and he had tuberculosis patients, and, uh, uh, you know, he couldn't believe that this little country doctor in northwest Germany was, was curing skin tuberculosis. And uh, so he asked Dr. Gerson to come and see him and discuss it, and he said, okay, we'll test some patients. And he picked only the most difficult ones, most advanced ones. And I remember when I was a little girl and I was seeing some of these things happening. This was a long time ago. Um, the uh, patients came in with part of their nose eaten up by this tuberculosis and an ear missing and big holes in their faces. Of course, I didn't see any other parts of them. And uh, so um, Sauerbrook in 
uh, in Munich, in Germany, the famous tuberculosis specialist said, okay, we'll test it. And he found 450 seriously advanced cases of skin tuberculosis that was supposed to be incurable. And he did the therapy, and he said to Dr. Gerson, if only one of those patients is arrested in the progress of the disease, I'll believe every word you say. Well, it wasn't that one patient was arrested. Out of the 450 patients, 446 recovered. And, of course, Sauerbrook, being the big professor, he published all this under his name. Gerson was, you know, way at the bottom. And uh, But Dr. Gerson wasn't satisfied with that. He figured if one can cure skin tuberculosis with a proper diet, nutrition, oh, why not other forms of TB? And in those years, um, during and after World War One, there were lots of young people, young teenagers in early 20s who died of the so-called galloping tuberculosis, uh, lung tuberculosis that killed them very rapidly. And Dr. Gerson started to treat those and had results. And that's when a whole new thing opened. He understood that he was now no longer treating a disease. He was restoring the body systems to heal themselves because not only the tuberculosis disappeared under the treatment, but he also found that some of them had allergies and some had asthma and some had high blood pressure and some had kidney problems. All the problems disappeared. And that's when he understood that he was healing the body, not a disease or treating a disease. And that's what started the Gerson therapy. Wow. I mean, it's ironic that at 12 years old, you had to go on the program yourself. Well, the thing was this. Uh, when I was 12 years old, if you multiply it out, it was 1933, just earlier, 34, not early, no, it was still 33, and Hitler had just come on as a prime minister of Germany, and then, of course, he was president, prime minister, and he started all the uh, persecutions and so on, and uh, we had to leave Germany. Actually, Dr. Gerson uh, wanted to have a presentation before the entire German medical group, and he had been invited to do that. And in order, he had been accused of falsifying, of retouching. You cannot, impossible to retouch lung x-rays because the x-rays go through so many tissues. If you just touch it with the tip of a pin, it shows so it's impossible, but they tried everything. They accused him of cheating and lying and retouching and so on and so forth. So he had this presentation planned, but uh, he was crossing the border on the 1st of April, 1933. And if you know a little bit of the background of that history, of that story, uh, Hitler had planned that as a boycott against the Jews. And they pulled all the Jews off the train, and for some strange reason, they didn't ask him. They only asked him where he was going. And he crossed the border. 
but he only crossed the border to get his x-rays verified. He was going to come back for the, the ultimate, the aim of his life, to show how he could heal the body, not just a disease. But he couldn't come back after he saw what happened at that border. And then we followed him, and uh, we started to live in Austria. We didn't have our own home. We didn't have our own kitchen. We didn't have our own food. And my father was always in contact with tuberculosis patients, so I caught it. Mm -hmm. Oh, is that how that happened? That's how it happened. But he cured me. And I heard that Hitler actually used his therapy. Yes, so we were told. Unbelievable. Wow. So maybe you can talk about, because it's great to have you on a raw food event, but it's also about, it's, we know it's more than just food, and we know it's about conscious living, and we know that even a lot of leaders in the raw food world are eating some cooked food now, too, where they were once recommending all raw food. So maybe you can well, talk about, it's not just the food, because I talked about you at a restaurant where it was raw food, but it was heavily salted. You didn't even feel good after you ate it. So maybe we can talk about the difference about what really is healthy and how this protocol works. Well, the protocol works uh, to reestablish, restore, and rebuild all the body organ systems. And it is not necessarily a matter of raw food only. On the contrary, the Gerson therapy has enormous amounts of raw juices, yes, and a good deal of raw food, like a lot of salads and raw fruit, but it also has cooked vegetables, cooked potatoes, a certain specific cooked soup, the Hippocrates soup. Hippocrates, the father of medicine 2,000 years ago, he already knew that the right nutrients could help the body recover. And this is not new at all. I mean, herbal medicine is, has been known in, in, in uh, the primitive societies for thousands of years. Anyway, so um, no, it's not specifically raw food. It's the right food. And the right food does not include salt, which is not a food, and it does not include certain foods that are strictly damaging. So the Gerson therapy is very specific in certain foods, in a lot of raw juices, specific juices, and in certain cooked foods like uh, uh, the special Hippocrates soup and the special uh, vegetables that you wouldn't eat raw, uh, all of that is included, and it has to be properly prepared, and uh, of course, that's all in the books that I have written. Mm -hmm. And is the diet or the protocol sustaining? Do you follow the protocol day to day, and is that what's recommended for people? Steve, I have followed it day to day now <laughs> for more than 60 years. Wow. So if it's not sustaining, I wouldn't be alive. <laughs> That's true. If I truly needed salt, which is what a lot of these people propose, you have to have salt, you have to have that. If I needed salt, I would not be alive. I was born into a salt-free home because salt is what caused, among other things, that caused my father's migraines. And when he found out that salt was at fault, he cut it out for all patients because salt interferes with the body metabolism. And people don't understand that. They 
they promote or rather demote sugar and tell you how serious and how damaging sugar is. Yes, I'm not saying sugar is good for you at all, but I'm saying that salt is 20 times worse than sugar. Wow, and that applies to all salts, right? Because in the raw yes, food world, they indeed. recommend Celtic Include, sea salt, uh, Himalayan, Himalayan salt, and sea salt, and any kind of salt. You know, I often tell people, they tell me, well, why can't I have sea salt? And I ask them, when you were a kid, did you ever read adventure stories? Did you ever read about people who set out on the ocean and uh, uh, they had sails and they were running on sailboats and all of a sudden in the middle of the ocean uh, they got stuck because the wind stopped and then they ran out of water. They were surrounded by water. Why could they not drink it? They knew it would kill them. So now you buy it? <laughs> it makes sense. It doesn't. I mean, it makes it sense, makes sense to that it doesn't it. make it, right. It makes, stop it. <laughs> it makes sense that it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Juice Guru Radio. Did you know you can make a great living in the hottest new business trend today? The Juice Guru Certification Program is the world's first online course to give you the knowledge and marketing skills to excel as a juicing coach and start making money in no time. Find out more at juicecoachtraining.com. Juice Guru Radio. Good information and information that's not really out there because I go into these raw food restaurants and they're heavily salted, the foods. And yes, is, I got sick from that food. Is, is, and I, the salt, because I'll talk to people and they tell me they crave salty food sometimes. Is it a drug? Yeah, well, people crave cigarettes. Right. That's right. It's almost like a drug. Like it's yes, a, uh, it's not almost. It is a heavily toxic drug. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, it's so toxic that the body demands water to dilute it. It's so dangerous to the body's metabolism that the body has to dilute it. And that's why people get swelling, get fluid, get edema, and, and uh, you know, uh, and they have to drink and drink. Frankly, uh, that evening at the uh, raw restaurant where we were eating all this salted food, I had to ask for an extra glass of uh, juice or water, whatever they served. Uh, I never get thirsty. But that evening, with all that salt, I was thirsty, I was uncomfortable, my mouth was burning. It's not good. Yeah, that says it all. When you're, Well, because your body is clean. So when you start yes. to eat something not yes. clean, you have a reaction. Yes. Interesting. So if we have our listeners on the call here want to look into the protocol or maybe start changing their diet to follow it, what's the best way to go about that? Well... I can summarize it. Actually, it's in the book, and uh, the book is 400 pages. I I can't give you the whole story, but I can (laughs) summarize it. Mm -hmm. The food that I eat and the food that the seriously ill, dying uh, cancer patients get at the hospital and recover on uh, consists of the following. All organic, first of all. All fresh and freshly prepared, nothing is canned, jarred, pickled, preserved, bottled, uh, boxed, or anything like that. Nothing. Uh, there's no salt added to anything. But you have to understand there's a little bit of sodium that the body actually needs. That little tiny bit is contained in the fruit and vegetable. Or else 
else I wouldn't be alive. It is enough to promote life. But if, you know, Dr. Gerson said, study nature. Its eternal, its eternal laws will keep you, keep you well and alive. Okay, so it contains all fresh, organic, vegetarian food, freshly prepared. Uh, and vegetarian does not mean milk or cheese. Okay, it's vegan, actually. And salt-free and fresh. And nothing is frozen and pickled and preserved. Okay? And all the fruit juices, unfortunately, that's the one drawback of the Gerson therapy. It's work-intensive. There's a lot of work to do. You have to prepare everything. You have to prepare the food fresh, the juices fresh. Everything has to be fresh if you really want to heal. You don't take a whole lot of bottled and uh, jarred and and uh, uh, vitamins and minerals in pill form. They don't work. Half the time they don't work. Some work for some time. But as the body gets weaker and sicker and more toxic, they don't work. You know, sometimes uh, people who have uh, septic tanks, and they got to have them clean once in a while, and just ask the plumber. They find hundreds of pills in there. You can swallow pills. What proves that they do you any good? Besides, even if the body can use them and assimilate them, they are not the living substances. They don't work the same. Mm-hmm. We can't use it for our seriously ill and dying cancer patients, but we can bring those back to life. How much juice are you drinking a day? I First of all, I'm well. I'm not a patient. Okay, I usually get a minimum of six glasses of juice, and a glass is eight ounces, freshly made. Okay, nothing is out of a can, a jar, a bottle, and preserved and diluted and this sort of stuff. Now, dilution is another problem because you you put water in it and the water is fluoridated and fluoride is poison. Okay, now you get, you know, that's why we so have to insist on getting fresh, clean, organic, vegetarian. Because if it's not organic, it's been poisoned and and artificially fertilized and, uh, you know, the chemical treated, the soil is treated, pesticides, fungicides, and uh, growth hormones, and God knows, that's not something that can help the human body to function properly. Right. Well, it's. I'm sure when the therapy first developed, the food was organic, right? I mean, this is a exactly. new development. This in the, in the uh, first uh, decade of the 19th, of the 20th century, there was no uh, artificial stuff. Actually, well, it was just starting. I know an interesting story. When my father was a little boy, now he was born in 1881. So when he was a little boy, it was maybe 1887 or 8, he loved to play in his grandmother's garden. And his grandmother uh, was raising fruits and vegetables and flowers. She loved her garden, and he loved to be there and play in it. And one day, she heard about something brand new. And this was uh, probably about 1890, 1888 to 1890, brand new. Artificial fertilizer. 
and it was a white powder, and it didn't smell bad, and it was easy to spread, and so on. So just cautiously, she decided she'd try some. So she put some on a small portion of her garden. And very short time afterwards, my father, the little boy, was playing in the garden, and he was watching in consternation how earthworms were wandering from the plot that had the artificial fertilizer across the path into the clean plot. Mm -hmm. He never forgot that. Yeah, well, like he said, you you watch nature, right? He watched yes. nature. I mean, he what do you think? Early on, what do you think he would say if he saw? I mean, he really learned. He found that diet influences everything. And look at the diet today. What do you think he would say if he saw well, the state of this uh, country? You see, he passed away in nineteen fifty nine. So he already saw a lot of it. Not as bad as we see it today. But he saw a lot of it. As a matter of fact, he was seriously concerned about the possibility even to continue healing people with the possible best food available. And he had to, at that point, start to insist on organic food. That didn't happen before, you know, uh, you are much too young, but I do remember when DDT first came in, was in the middle of World War II and approximately 1943. And at that point, Dr. Gerson first noted that his results were not so good. Patients were not doing as well. And he started to examine what was going on. And it turned out that within a year and a half of pesticides and fungicides and, and soil chemicals coming in, within a year and a half, meat Beef was contaminated with chemicals. Uh, milk was contaminated with DDT. Cheese, butter was contaminated. And worst of all, mother's milk had DDT in it. So you see now the youngest babies, they are the worst uh, affected. Their bodies are developing and are delicate. And they are the most affected. So each new generation that we are raising on pesticides and fungicides uh, is getting worse. And we see people younger and younger coming down with terminal cancer. And very frequently, we see where the elderly ones, the mothers, the grandmothers, are healthy and they're bringing their sick children and grandchildren. It's terrifying, but it's caused just right there. Because, you see, in 1943, I was born in 22. In 1943, I was 21, 22 years old. And my liver was formed. My body systems were formed. They were not developing. They were not as sensitive as those of the new babies and even embryos. And therefore, my body didn't take as much damage. So the people my age range, well, there are not too many people at 90 around, but those have better health and are staying better than the younger ones who are more and more and more damaged by poisons. All right. Well, what have you seen with the protocol? I mean, you, you've even seen schizophrenia well, reversed, that's right? The, that's the one reassuring portion of it. We see 
terminally ill cancer patients, virtually exclusively. You know, people are complaining that why don't you publish? If we publish, we are will, perfectly willing to publish. We have dramatic results. We get people after they try their regular doctor, after they try chemotherapy and surgery, after they try radiation, and when they're extremely damaged, and generally are told they have maybe two months or three months, or maybe they have a few weeks, and they're on morphine, and that's when we can still turn them around. Mm. And usually within one week, the pain is gone, and we can withdraw the morphine. We don't do that. We don't torture people. But with the therapy, with the fresh living juices, with the detoxifying coffee enemas, with all the fresh living substances that we use, they, the pain disappears. We are able to get rid of it. And then we can get rid of the pain pills and the poisons. You know, that morphine isn't helping patients. It just adds to the problem. But we get rid of the morphine, we get rid of the codeine, we get rid of the heavy toxic painkillers so that we can now heal people. And that's what happens. And it's not just cancer. You know, a lot of people think the Gerson therapy is only for treating cancer. That's not true. You see, Dr. Gerson had in his mind over years and years of experience that cancer was the furthest advanced damage to the human body, the most serious damage to all the organ systems, to the body's defenses. The body has defenses. We're all born with it. So that if you hurt yourself, it heals. You cut yourself, it heals. You have a cold, it heals. You know, the minor things heal. It's only the chronic uh, degenerative problems that we have forgotten how to heal. But they, too, are curable with the right food, with a good detoxifying, with the right nutrients, by treating the organ systems that help and heal the body. That's what the Gerson therapy is about. It's for restoring the healing mechanism, as Dr. Gerson put it. It's restoring the ability of the body to heal, and that leads to something else. That leads to a very important additional point and that is, you cannot heal selectively. In other words, you can't heal cancer and keep your diabetes and arthritis. You can't heal arthritis and ulcerative colitis and keep your diabetes. Impossible. You either heal and the whole body heals. You cannot heal one disease and keep another one. That's impossible. So the Gerson therapy is a total healing for all the body systems, and sometimes people don't even have a diagnosis. Nobody knows what's really wrong with them. doesn't matter. We don't know either. But giving the body the capability of healing takes care of it, whether it's called Lyme disease or whether it's some new, uh, whether uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, ulcerative colitis or some other new disease, I call them modern diseases, uh, fibromyalgia. <laughs> That's the most easy thing in the world. And people suffer of it for years. It's, there's nothing to it. In a matter of five days, we can cure it. Amazing. 
it's it's even more amazing that this information doesn't get out there as much as it should. I mean, well, you know of... very well why it doesn't. The pharmaceutical companies, uh, the pharmaceutical uh, industry, is the most profitable industry in the world. They don't want this out there. They have suppressed it all the time, ever since my father wanted to publicize it. They have, uh, you know, attacked him and, and suppressed it and it didn't allow him to publish. And then they tell the public, oh, he refuses to publish its secret. Not so. I still today have the rejection letters of his publications that he tried to publish and so on. I mean, it was all lies. It's all built on lies because they want to sell chemo. You know what, yeah. uh, what chemo costs. And, for instance, in Australia, research has shown that of all the people that get chemo, 2.3% profit from it. 2.3%. And it's a multi, not multi-billion, multi-trillion dollar business. So with that money, they suppress ads. You know, we can't even advertise in many newspapers or magazines. They won't take our ads. Because the pharmaceutical companies do the most advertising, and they say, look, if you advertise that, we won't help you. We won't uh, use you anymore, and they go bankrupt. It's very simple. Yeah. It's all in the money. It's crazy, but I'm glad the it's getting through, you know, and programs like it this. It is getting you know. through. Thank goodness it is getting through, and the Internet is extremely valuable and helpful. And just only a few weeks ago, a new set of information came out, and it was actually published in England, but it's been collected from all over the world, and I just re-reviewed it again this morning. <clears throat> actually, in uh, something there's something close to 1,000 papers that have been used to uh, uh, find, find uh, certain things that... Uh, repair DNA, the DNA of the body. And, you know, I, I have to give you this. I'm reading you an, uh, uh, the, the title. Uh, unrepaired DNA damage is the primary cause of cancer and other degenerative conditions. Now, that's a, a subtitle of these papers, and there's over well, close to a thousand of them. And it, it goes on to show where research studies in many different countries have shown that fresh fruit and fresh vegetables contain certain molecules that repair the DNA that cause most of the chronic diseases. That's exactly what the Gerson therapy does. Right. And the Gerson therapy is more and more often and thoroughly validated. And I don't know how the pharmaceutical company can keep all this quiet, except they don't allow it out in the public. It's not in the newspapers. It's not in the magazines. Not in the publicly ones, you know. They, we publish it in our newsletters. How many people does it reach? A few thousand. Right. Right. And, and the TV commercials, I mean, the pharmacy companies are really in into that. You know, they're all over the te television. Yeah, but you know, you know it's, it's most interesting to me 
the TV commercials that that promote oh everything from um, sleeping pills to uh, pain pills and arthritis pain and so on, and they enumerate they have to they enumerate the side effects, some of which believe it or not I'm sure you've heard some of that, some of which actually say serious disease cancer and death. They promise you if you take that drug, a side effect is death and cancer. Well, who would buy that? But people do. This is absolutely amazing to me. But when it comes to limiting their food and to stop smoking and not eating salt, oh, no, that they can't do. They enjoy it. Well, go ahead. You know that it's the most difficult thing of all to get people to prevent disease? Oh, but I've been eating like this for 50 years and I'm fine. That when they get ill at 55, that they don't consider. Or I've been smoking for 28 years and I'm fine. It's, I like smoking. Why should I stop? Yeah, all right. But then at, at, uh, after 28 years, they're still fine. At 30 years, they, they have lung cancer. Oh, that's too bad. Okay, it goes even further. You know, a lot of people say, well, my mother fed me this food and it's good and she loved me. She didn't want to kill me. She wasn't informed. She was as badly informed as people are today by the pharmaceutical companies. But, you know, they they have excuses. Nobody wants to change their, their eating habits. So they don't prevent. That's the most difficult thing to sell. I've given up. I don't bother to try to sell prevention. It doesn't work. You can't get anywhere. Who knows what drugs they put in the foods to keep people addicted to the meats and the oh, dairy? Oh, yes, they certainly do. You know what they do as far as MSG is concerned, monosodium glutamate. They have found, okay, there were some researchers that were trying to study uh, obesity in animals. They had a problem. They couldn't get the animals to get obese. So they tried this and that, and they found one thing. They found that if they injected animals when they were quite young with MSG, that paralyzed a certain portion of the brain, a small portion, that controls the appetite and hunger. And when they do that, the animal no longer knows when it's full, when it has enough to eat. And it keeps eating and eating. Ouch! They found something interesting, and that is for uh, you know making people eat more. So they also now put MSG in processed foods because they know they can sell more. They know restaurants do it because they know people get addicted to it. People want it and they like it, and you know they give it all kinds of new names. And MSG is grandfather that's been used for so many years, and it's perfectly okay, they tell the public. It's not. It's deadly. It makes people lose their sense of their full. They stop eating, and they're, they're normal. But children, they give it to children, and in children's food, and then, you know, and the babies and children become obese. And when they are hungry and the mother doesn't have the heart, when the child tells her she's still hungry, uh, the mother doesn't have the heart to refuse food. So the kids get obese. 
and then the government and the, the senators and representatives and, the, and, and even the president, they say that uh, we have to fight obesity. Yes, but they're not fighting it where it's really based, where it's beginning. They promote it. Right. Now, you've seen changes with schizophrenia too, right? Absolutely. Schizophrenia, you know, this is a special subject that that I, you know, I was thinking, I was hoping to be able to write a book on mental diseases. They're so easy to cure. It's so ridiculous. Okay. Oh, I remember many, many years ago, actually in 1972, I was traveling in Europe. And I, in Europe, you know, if you don't know all the languages, I do know German and French, but there are a number of languages I don't know. And in those countries, I would buy the International Herald Tribune, which is an American. So uh, one day I was reading it, I discovered something most interesting. Uh, namely an article on the cause of schizophrenia. And apparently a doctor by the name of, let's see, Dr. Jack Gottlieb, found that certain fractions of protein have a sudden strange uh, structure. And when that protein fraction uh, gets to the brain, it makes you do funny things. It, it doesn't communicate correctly with other brain cells and all the problems of schizophrenia appear. And they found that this same protein fraction is in the bloodstream and in the urine of these patients who have schizophrenia. And it is not in patients who are normal. So they know perfectly well that it's caused by this special protein. Now, the Gerson therapy cuts out animal protein, and that's it, okay? But, you know, they don't do that. On the contrary, do you know that every mental hospital is required to serve three protein meals to all the patients? So how are they going to cure it? Because protein specifically causes the problem. Now, there's something else that happened. Uh, Dr. Abram Hoffer of uh, Canada he found that vitamin B3 is also known as niacin. Niacin, when given in large enough amounts, uh, helps the body break down the animal proteins and digest them correctly. So just vitamin B3 is cheap. Vitamin B3, given in large enough amounts, simply gets rid of this excess uh, animal protein with that funny, strange shape that causes schizophrenia. So all you have to do is enough, take enough vitamin B3. It's cheap, it's easy, but then they sell you something else. They tell, you know, vitamin B3 opens capillaries and opens their circulation so that in some patients it causes them to flush. Uh, the skin reddens a little and, and gets a little bit hot and flushed. And they don't like it. So, uh, of course, something has been done about that. And they have produced so-called a non-flush niacin. And they sell it. And it doesn't work. So, of course, Dr. Hoffa is <laughs> is being, uh, you know, pushed aside. Well, his, his niacin isn't working. His niacin works perfectly. It's the niacin amide, the non-flush niacin that doesn't work. And so on, and that's that's how you know pharmacies and and the big pharma and the uh, the 
chemical uh, pharmaceutical industry how they handled such things. Juice Guru Radio. Hi, this is Jay Cordish, the father of juicing. Juicing helped me get rid of cancer in my early 20s, and here I am in my 90s feeling fantastic. I want to invite you to join me in our School of Juicing. This online program features award-winning videos, audiobooks, and CDs to inspire and educate you on how juicing can change your life, too. Check out our site at schoolofjuicing.com. Start living healthy and increase your energy today. Visit schoolofjuicing.com. To find out more, that's schoolofjuicing.com. Juice Guru Radio. I wanted you to touch on earthing for uh, you know the last. Earthing one. is the most wonderful thing to do, and it's so easy, and it's literally inexpensive. It costs nothing. All you use is the the um, the the actual electric um, molecules that come from the earth. They're free of charge. Just walk around the beach barefoot. That's number one. That's the easiest thing in the world. Costs nothing. Do it for half an hour, an hour a day for several weeks, and you can virtually cure most diseases. All pain goes away. The so-called, you know, chronic pain problems, uh, the back pain or the kidney pain or the this pain and the headaches and the migraines, you know, they're still struggling with migraines after Dr. Gerson showed 100 years ago how to get rid of them and so on. And uh, But uh, earthing gives you these very nutrients, not only nutrients, but energy levels that uh, that neutralize pain because they uh, they cover and recover and restore the organs. They restore the cells. They restore the tissues in the body. They restore the cells only temporarily. So you have to keep doing it. The Gerson therapy is different. It restores the same thing, uh, but but permanently. Okay. But it doesn't matter. In the meantime, you can get rid of pain. You don't need painkillers. You don't need doctors. You don't need chemical poisons in your body. Uh, okay, there are other ways of doing it. There are many ways of doing it. If you're living thousand miles away from the ocean, you're not going to take a walk every day. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, there are other ways of connecting to the earth. And at this point, the, the best way to find all of these many different ways is to read a simple book which is made available and it's simple and clear cut and easy to understand and as I said it's virtually inexpensive, it's virtually free of charge and you don't need a doctor and you don't need prescriptions, you need to get your way of dealing with earthing your body, connecting your body electronically to the earth that's all you need to do and uh, there is a wonderful book available. It's called uh, Earthing, E-A-R-T, like Earth, and Earthing as a verb. And it's written by a very wonderful author by the name of uh, Clinton Ober, O-B-E-R. And we heard him speak the other night. He's very kind, he's very gentle, and uh, he actually had... Uh, a number of years ago, he had a multi-multi-million dollar business, which he gave up when he almost died and was saved with earthing. And he now really devotes his life to helping other people. And he does it the perfect 
best way he knows how in helping with the earth and earthing materials that you can use that are quite inexpensive to earth your body and to connect it to the electronic uh, uh, exhaling, I would say, of the earth, which is everywhere. It's free of charge. It's all over the body. It's all over the whole globe of the universe where we live. Great message. So, Charlotte, do you think when people are leaving the uh, the, the Gerson Institute that they're following the diet? Or, are you seeing people are having are into implementing it into their life, or are they just healing and then going back to their other routines? Well, a lot of people who contact the Gerson Institute are already very seriously ill, and yes, they're looking for help. And along with other things, we also have books and we have DVDs and we have instructions on how to do it. Also, the Gerson Institute has run uh, uh, treatment uh, instruction uh, weekends where you can learn how to prepare all the foods and the juices and to help a Gerson patient and uh, prepare all the nutrients and how to cook foods and you know all the books contain at least a 60 to 90 page um, uh, recipe book so that people learn how to prepare their foods and, and enjoy them and they become tasty and so on. After a while, at first for maybe five or seven days, they really miss salt because they're so used to it. But uh, once the body de depletes itself of these poisonous substances like salt uh, and uh, your, your uh, taste buds, become healthy and you start to really taste food, not salt, food, uh, you start to enjoy food. And, you know, a lot of people like me, they can't eat the average food anymore because it's so salty. It burns your mouth. It burns your throat. It makes you thirsty. It gives you a headache. And, and it, it's just no good. You only begin to feel how bad average food really is. But they can learn how to do it. And, you know, my book has now been translated into 12 different languages. The world is begging for information. They, they are aware that the doctors can't help them with these chronic diseases. They drug them and drug them until they die. But that's not healing. I think doctors even have forgotten to learn the word healing. They don't understand healing. They only know drugging. All they know is how to relieve pain and how to relieve symptoms. That's not healing. Okay? Which book do you think is best to start with? Uh, the Healing the Gerson Way or the Gerson yes. Therapy? No, that's the best one. Yeah. It's also the most up-to-date one. There is the Gerson Therapy so-called book, but that's already oh, past. Uh, it, it's poorly written, difficult to read, and it's already uh, oh, eight or nine or ten years old. Uh, I can't recommend it. What's the best way to get a hold of the books? Uh, there are several ways. One way is uh, Amazon has it. Another way is, uh, uh, of course, the Gerson Therapy has it. I have it. My son, Howard Strauss, uh, is the publisher, and it can be uh, from his uh Gerson, let's see, Gerson Way. Gerson Media. <laughs> I, I don't even know his, his exact address. I think you have it. I think it's gersonmedia.com. 
Correct. You yes. have it right. Yeah, I was Cause, just looking at yeah, it right now. Yes. I don't have this book. I want to get this one. <laughs> I have the original book that your dad had written, but I didn't realize that you'd okay. updated it, and I can't you know, wait to check it out. With your kind permission, I'm going to take the liberty to send you a book. Oh, thank Free you, Charlotte. <laughs> That's sweet. Thank you. I'll, I'll email you my address. I appreciate that. Okay. But thank you so much for getting this message out. I mean, were, you, were your sisters following the protocol, or were you the only one? Well, I had to from the time I was 12 years old because of the tuberculosis. Right. And because I followed it then, I became sensitive to toxic food. My sisters did much less of that, and they passed away some years ago. Ah, oh, right. Besides, I was the youngest by five years. Well, Charlotte, thanks so much for being with us. Do you have any other tips and advice to share? Because I think this information is really crucial. Everything you're you're getting out into the world. Is... Another thing that I'd like to share first now, <laughs> Dr. Gerson said, never let the sun set on a day when you have not moved your bowels. Another thing is, if you look up, uh, obe- uh, uh, um, uh, oh, constipation uh-huh. in a medical book they'll say that constipation is if you haven't moved your bowel in five days that's deadly that's deadly you reabsorb all the poisons Dr. Gerson said if you haven't moved your bowel don't let the sun set on the day do an enema it's so simple it's easy it's free Okay? There's lots more things that we need to discuss, if you like. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to spreading your message more into this new year. Thank you for being here. I thank you for having me on and for allowing me to address uh, your audience. Thank you, Charlotte Gerson. And a big thank you to legendary Charlotte Gerson for joining us on this edition of Juice Guru Radio. I'm Steve Prusak. We'll be back next week for another episode. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at JuiceGuruRadio.com. Until next time, get your juice on.